Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. Hello and welcome. I am your podcast host, Amanda Farmer, and my guest today is Tim Fuller. Tim is the Head of Wealth at Strata Guardian. Overseeing daily operations and client care, he sits on the Investment Committee. Having worked in financial services across several major national practices, boutique advisory firms and investment companies for over 10 years, Tim is committed to providing excellent service and reliable outcomes for the Australian strata community. Tim understands that a crucial component of quality investment is ensuring that all investors have confidence in Strata Guardian's careful structuring, design, execution, and lived experience for its clients. Tim is a qualified financial advisor and holds a Master's of Business Administration. I'll take you over right now to my chat with Tim Fuller of Strata Guardian. Tim Fuller, welcome to the show. Hi, Amanda. Great to be on. Hello, listeners. Wonderful to have you here with us. Now, the name of your company, Tim, Strata Guardian, was mentioned inside our members-only Q&A forum a few weeks ago, and it prompted me to reach out to you and see what it is that Strata Guardian is doing. I think it might be timely because we have had a recent discussion, which I'll mention on the podcast, about uh, precisely what it is that you guys are involved in. So let's start there. What is Strata Guardian? Where have you come from and what are you doing in our strata space? So essentially, Strata Guardian is Australia's first purpose-built investment solution effectively for the Australian strata community, that I know of. But I guess um, the whole idea is we found that there just needs to be something on offer uh, that people can be comfortable in and have trust in um, that gets away from the more common term deposits and cash accounts that it seem to be quite prevalent for people's uh, capital works funds or sinking funds or maintenance funds, depending on what state you're listening in. And so that's really what we've, we've put together and, and brought to market. Uh, we are available nationally. We have a, a ability to apply online, so that, that works all around Australia. And we do have the ability to provide advice on appropriate investments within what we do as well, of course. Uh, and quite often we, we look at the 10-year maintenance plans to, to help in apportioning risk and, and doing things in the investment space for people's uh, building savings. So you are helping owners' corporations to make good decisions about investing their surplus funds, I suppose I would call them, not funds that are currently needed. And instead of holding them in the account, doing nothing or putting them in a term deposit, you've got some better ideas about how to use them. Does that mean you are a qualified financial advisor? There's lots of rules around that, lots of laws to comply with. You are giving financial advice to body corporates and owners corporations? Absolutely, yeah. So I've been in the financial advice space for over 10 years and uh, Strata Guardian itself has all the relevant licensing, so Australian financial service licensing and also things like the uh, indemnity policies and, and you know insurance policies that need to be in place as well. So interestingly, if we sort of click across to where we sort of started out, it was actually uh, from a friend of mine who was the treasurer at the time and, and now is the chair of his owners corporation down here in Melbourne. And he, he gave me a call Oh, this is going out, you know, quite a while ago now, uh, probably middle of last year. He basically said, look, uh, you know, we've got this money in our in our maintenance fund, which is a Victorian one, 
it's a substantial amount of money. It was over 100,000. It's not many uh, lots in his building. But he said, you know, I've just got a phone call from my strata manager and the best they can do, I think, was either 0.3 or 0.4 of a percent for the next couple of years. Now, I'm in the investment space, so he thought, give me a call and just see whether or not there was anything else um, we could do with it. And I said, sure, I'm sure there is. Let's go out and have a bit of a look. And we struggled to find something that was specifically for the Australian strata market, um, which I found yeah, quite interesting, really. Um, and so in the formulation of putting together an investment for his building, we've sort of landed on being able to hopefully do one for everybody else's building as well with Strata Guardian. Um, and, and it was just interesting, obviously, having a real good practical example to get the whole thing off and running with, um, being able to look at his building, being able to look at exactly what a building needs, I guess, in, in terms of liquidity, in terms of the way it's invested. Um, obviously, it needs to be low volatility, particularly when you're jumping from the term deposit sort of style arrangements. But at the same time, the big problem that he had, of course, is that things are inflating. So inflation, he was earning effectively a quarter or less of what inflation was. And yet, of course, what was the purpose of this money to buy things and services that are inflating in the background? So that was where his primary concern was. And so that's what we've you know, effectively put together with uh, what we do at Strata Guardian. It is not an uncommon story, I have to say, Tim, when I ask people here on the show who have started up businesses within the strata space, and I do say, what brought you to strata? What's the background? What's the story here? And I often hear that it was either a friend living in strata who had a problem that needed solving, or it's the business owner themselves who suddenly encountered this nutty world that is strata living and went, wow, there is a gap here that I can fill. So I think it's interesting how people People stumble across our unique space and great that creative people like you do and produce these products and these services that can make us think differently, perhaps. Well, that's right. You know, look, a simple principle for mine in the financial advice space is assigning um, risk and, and the way that investments are, are constructed to their use case. And for mine, you know, parking money in a term deposit, particularly now, and as we've seen over the last few years, parking it in something that's giving you half a percent for things that you're buying in 10 years' time, you've just got to think, well, common sense should prevail here. There should be some better solutions out there. Um, and that's exactly what we're aiming to achieve with, uh, with Strata Guardian. It seems to be working well. Mm. Rena and I spoke about exactly this a couple of episodes ago, episode number 285, I think it was. Uh, Rena Van Al, Strata Manager, who was often my co-host here on the podcast. Yes, that was a great one. Oh, good. You've listened. Yep. Excellent. You're, you're up to speed. <laughs> we did talk, as you heard, Tim, about how owners are getting more savvy about their owner's corporation's money and asking the question, if I have these investments of my personal funds that are doing really well, we're invested in the stock market or um, making these smart decisions with good advice, why aren't we doing the same with our sometimes multiple millions of dollars that is uh, set aside for our rainy day in our owner's corporation? Do you think that's what it is that there's this shift that owners are getting a little bit smarter about money management or they just haven't realised perhaps that they can invest their money differently? Oh, look, anything and everything that you just said there, Amanda. Uh, look, the big pushback, I guess, for a lot of people is that, it, you know, it hasn't really been required in the past. So when you could park money with a term deposit that would get 5% or 6 or 7%, those heady days, you know, there's probably a few people listening that remember those, those happy days, there wasn't really a need to go elsewhere, you know, you're getting, you know, near on absolute protection from the markets because you weren't in it, you were looking at using just the bank interest rate and it was doing its job. It was above inflation. It was encouraging people to contribute to their strata fund because it was, you know, it was actually returning well. 
But interestingly, of course, over the last few years, it's gone completely the other way. Um, and the pandemic has just, you know, accelerated that. You probably heard, uh, they've been reading in the papers uh, recently that there's, there's lots of jawboning around uh, rate hikes coming from the RBA, which is changing the tune and the, you know, the bond market's taking a point of difference with the Reserve Bank's position of 2024 till the next rate hike. And now it's looking like it might be 2023. Seems like a big admission, but it's been almost exactly 11 years is the last time that the RBA raised rates, which was back oh, in wow. uh, November 2010, the Cup Day meeting, as the Melbourne people like to know. Um, and they raised 0.25 of a percent to 4.75. And if you reflect on now, and obviously it's just fallen since then, we're now at 0.1% as the RBA cash rate. Now that's crazy. It's obviously an emergency thing given the, the pandemic and, and protecting banks and, you know, and ensuring liquidity. But you know, even if you were to say, well, look, even if they raised it to 0.25 of a percent, it's got to go up 19 times <laughs> in order to get back to where it was in 2010, which is the last rate hike. So it's really big news that the RBA is looking at raising rates because it's been over a decade since it's happened. But at the same time, is it going to get back to the days of a term deposit paying, you know, four, five, six percent? That's a long way ahead of us if they, you know, they're going to need to keep raising rates again and again and again. So that's once again what we've seen over the last couple of years in suboptimal, if you want to call them, rates of return in, in term deposits. It's looking like that's going to be, you know, the short to certainly medium uh, term future for people that are using term deposits for things like strata savings. Mm. Now, I know here on this podcast, you can't give financial advice, but I am sure our listeners are keen to hear the kinds of investments that communities are making with your guidance. What are they doing with their money? What can they do with their money? And we can get into the legalities, uh, definitely. Rena and I spoke about that in episode 285, and I'd love your thoughts on that. But broadly, what are owners corporations, body corporates doing with their money if they're not putting them in term deposits? Sure. So look, um, if we look at, and I've done a number of pieces for the major states, and that was obviously the first big hurdle that we had to look at, um, even for Jonathan's building, was what legally can you do? And I've been at pains to be made aware over the uh, the years of, of building up uh, and getting Strata, Strata Guardian going is legislation is a pretty crucial component of the Strata world. Okay. So, and that's fair enough. It's there, I think, for a reason, but um, you obviously need help a lot of the time to make heads or tails of it. So I will preface it, as you did mention before, that I am a financial advisor. Now, financial advisors actually do sit quite heavily in, in the legislative world as well. So um, reading acts and, and those sort of things aren't foreign to me, but I'm not a strata-focused lawyer, although we have had some help from some through the journey just to, to validate what we've found. Look, the big one, I guess, if we pull it apart is number one is the strata managers. So strata managers uh, sit under a particular act, which uh, I believe in uh, New South Wales is the Property and Stock Agents Act. That's it. And they do have quite a prescribed area that they can invest in. Now, this makes perfect sense because they do their job very well, but their job is not investment management. Their job is not financial advice. So where money goes while they're busy looking after buildings and you know um, getting um, settlements done on properties and those sort of things should be very safe, 100%. And hence, it is quite prescriptive in, in the Australian deposit taking institutions or ADIs that have to be used. And obviously there's some bank guarantees that comes along for the ride. All of that makes perfect sense. And that was actually one of the hurdles we hit initially um, in, in speaking to strata managers, that the pushback was, I can't invest in anything else because, you know, because of this legislation. However, strata managers themselves uh, are quite limited. That's fair enough. 
The change is though, for owners corporations and, and body corporates are actually sitting under a slightly different act for their part of the world, which then references a trustee act, which is quite a common uh, piece of legislation across you know, states and territories on how you can invest as the trustee. And so as the trustee of your uh, strata funds, um, be it capital works fund or maintenance fund, you can then have a look at uh, the various investments that are available. And that's actually where it's quite broad. It doesn't try to hem in. All it essentially does is, that, number one is it says that you, you've got to look at your own personal trust deed and make sure that that hasn't set a prescribed sort of investments. And if you don't know what you're doing there, I'd strongly recommend seeking legal advice or help just to make sure that you're, you're not um, in breach of your own trust deed, never a good thing. Outside of that though, it's really just a, a common sense approach. So you've got to take into account the members of the trust or the beneficiaries of the trust, which are you know, typically the lot owners, and make sure that you know, whatever investment you choose, and I guess in a way cash and term deposits fit under the same guise, is actually appropriate for, you know, for the needs of, of the building and the costs and, and, and the future projections and, and what's required. And outside of that, uh, you know, it is, it's quite broad. And to give you a, a fantastic example, had a call from a gentleman uh, north of Newcastle, let's say, hi, Phil, if you're listening in, I did offer, I'll send him the link to this podcast afterwards. And they do actually invest outside of um, cash and term deposits in, in their own name, in, in the name of their owner's corporation. And it's substantial amounts, you know, he had uh, over $4 million in their capital works fund. And effectively, yeah, they, they've kept some on the side with a, a bond manager, which I found fascinating. And it was a significant amount. And the residual, he, he gave us a call to say, well, you guys are in the space, um, you know, let's get you guys on the table at the next committee meeting to see, um, you know, if you can help us out with, with the rest of it. And look, to be fair, you know, I, I think that's, whilst it seems, and listening to your show the other day as, as well, Amanda, it, it kind of feels like from, and speaking to people as well, where buildings typically are very, very underfunded or they do have some substantial means there. And, and so I guess, and I was speaking to this gentleman and he sort of, he felt that his capital works fund was, it was actually on the high side, right? And part of him reaching out to us was to say, well, look, if we can get it earning a decent amount internally, I can go back to the committee and lower my strata, my strata levies. So there was a little bit of self-interest in, in the call, which is fair enough, but obviously it needs to be, you know, he's looking at it, you know, in a way, it's the same way I guess we do as well in, in the fact that it's the building superannuation. If you can get it to internally provide a good rate of return, much like a pension account for someone who's done well and saved hard, you don't need to dip into the capital too much and you can get by on, on the earnings of, of the capital along the way. Mm, very interesting. So from your point of view and based on the legal advice that Strata Guardian has had, if you take the strata manager out of the picture, you are removing those restrictions on the management of trust funds that are imposed on strata managers, body corporate managers. And if the building is receiving advice directly from you, Strata Guardian, and Strata Guardian is managing the fund. You tell me if I'm getting this terminology wrong, but you're advising and you're then managing the fund on their behalf. You don't have those same restrictions. Owners corporations probably don't have those same restrictions. Rena and I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. As far as I see it, it's not in the New South Wales legislation that they would be restricted. Certainly check your bylaws or your rules, or indeed if there is a trustee, have a look at that. Definitely get specific legal advice. Uh, but once you remove the agent from the picture, and leave them free to provide those other services that they're very good at, bring in the experts, uh, Tim and his team, to guide, advise, manage, then you can do these unique 
things. And I, I think it's great that somebody, a committee member, could make this suggestion get results or have a forecast that sees the community getting results and for levies then to be reduced for everyone. I don't think that's self-interested at all. Uh, that's for the benefit of all to me. Oh, look, absolutely. And you know, I think you touched on it the other day as well. And The different stories and in all the different examples and everybody's different. It's kind of like in typical financial advice, you know, and part of me feels that I think um, over time we'll probably end up becoming a building financial advice service as much as, you know, in the past I was a human financial advice service. But And I love the story stories. But you mentioned before that in some of the sort of larger or, or higher valued buildings, um, there often wasn't any capital works fund. Because, and I, and I, I've heard of this in the past as well, where there's sort of like this agreement where if something comes up, then people will just fund it at a certain point in time. Did I have that right? Was that sort of something that, that does happen? That's what I was saying, yeah. yeah. Yeah, people who perhaps have a higher net wealth maybe are more comfortable retaining that and, and investing that as they like and then yep. contributing to a special levy down the track, which essentially it rewards those who may own now and then punishes those down the track who happen to buy in at the wrong time and have to pay for the new roof membrane. But I do see that becoming more and more common and convincing those higher valued buildings to plan for the future is difficult. I see strata managers struggle with that. Absolutely, you know, and, and as long as everyone makes sure they're going to stay and live there for the, the whole period of the building and, and you know, it, it, it makes sense. And look, I'd probably feel the same way. If I was contributing to a strata scheme but I knew it was getting half a percent interest on it, I'd be like, well, hang on a second, you know, I can do something better with that money and then just let me know when you need it back. Of course, the internal risk of all of that is that if I leave, then, you know, there's a big hole in the in the cost, as you say, and, you know, that feels, feels risky. And so, you know, perhaps, you know, there's a solution there with, with something like, you you know, Strata Guardian that can help out in building some trust or some confidence that the money's actually working away inside the fund, which will then help, you know, obviously building up the fund, you know, overall and avoiding some of the risk of, you know, somebody taking off. And then also for the future buyer checking in, and I was, I was sort of talking about this the other day with the gentleman on Friday, and I said, well, what, what side of the fence would you be on? Would you rather have feel like you've got too much in your strata account or would you feel like it's too little if, you know, someone was looking at buying a place that you're building or the one down the road, and the one down the road had, you know, next to nothing in it, then you're in a stronger position overall as well. So, look, I think that, you know, it's there for a purpose and so it needs to be built up and managed and looked after properly. And I do see there are benefits on both sides, whether you are in the community and you're selling or you are somebody looking to buy in to the community. As a vendor, you want that fund to be nice and healthy. You want the building to be well-maintained. You don't want to be that person who is selling in an emergency because you can see the $2 million remediation works project that is coming up and you can see that you're going to have to contribute your possibly 100 grand, 200 grand, and you've got a smart purchaser and purchasers are getting smarter buying into strata they're getting educated access to information is a lot easier these days and they're understanding that they need to look at the books and records see what the fund says see if there is a special levy on the horizon and you don't want to be in either of those positions I think in a building that's just thought I'll leave it until it is necessary and then I'll throw my money in that's sometimes not what happens instead it's get out of jail quick yeah, that's right. And then and then you've got that whole, um, and I'm waiting for the inbox to explode, but the whole uh, using debt as well to, to fill the gaps, you know, the holes in the costs that, that are coming up when you start exhausting your strata funds. And, and to me as a future buyer, you say, okay, what's the capital works fund? They say like negative 500,000. It's probably not going to make it oh, even yeah. better, is it? 
<laughs> yes, I've definitely uh, been in that situation before on both sides and in acting for a client. And I can tell you as a purchaser coming into a building that was in that position, I was able because I understood how strata loans worked and I understood what I was looking at in the records. I was able to negotiate a pretty hefty discount off the purchase price because uh, I said, well, that looks a bit scary. It's not something other purchasers were comfortable buying into, but I, I knew what the plan was moving forward to get rid of that loan and to pay it down. And I was comfortable with that, but the vendor didn't do so well out of that transaction. So yes, it's important to understand your figures in Strata, that's for sure. Yeah, there's a lot to, lot to think about, a lot to think about there. So um, better to just have a, a nice, healthy fund, I think, at the end of the day and, and not worry about it. I do think so. Yeah. I know, Tim, you've touched on one big objection there from clients you might be working with saying, you know, why should I be contributing additional funds now or why make this investment now? I can be doing other things with my money. Are there other objections you come across when working with owners, committees, I imagine you talk to? Are they a bit nervous about hearing about this kind of service? Yeah, look, I think, you know, a huge component of, you know, what we're looking to do here is not just ourselves putting together, you know, a good solution or a great solution to market, but it's also actually introducing the whole idea. And so for me, it's just all about education, really. And so you know, chats like we're having today, which is wonderful, talking around the different roadblocks that people just naturally have, because it's, you know, it's an industry that's filled with, you know, some considerations, legislative or otherwise, um, that you need to work through. For mine, you know, we're doing the best we can, putting out blog posts, we're trying to research, having chats with people, um, you know, Zoom meetings. And, and a big part of what we're doing with the service is actually having the ability to speak. And coming into this, I knew I'd be having chats from 6pm onwards at, at Strata committee meetings, and that's fine. Um, but, you know, if need be, having those uh, conversations where you can have a round table and a decision can be made. Because there's there's a number of stakeholders, isn't there? Not just at a committee level, but also across the whole, the whole lot holding. And so, you know, people need to have, be comfortable essentially about what, what it's all about. And, um, you know, that's on us to get them there. So, um, yeah, happy to do that. And then finally, I guess it's really around the advice piece. So we've sort of spoke about before, we've got the ability for people to, um, and this is, you know, people can go in and check it out now. There's a digital online onboarding piece where you can select from the, the two portfolios that we have, um, a very conservative one and then one with a bit more of a growth mindset for longer term investments, Strata Grow. Um, and so you can, you can self-select if you're comfortable in doing that, um, a bit like the gentleman the other day who um, obviously their committee was comfortable in going out and, and choosing you know, a, a bond fund that was um, selected many years ago. But then also we've got the ability to t take it offline if need be and have those chats, you know, get some documentation sent through and put together some advice on uh, what we feel is an appropriate blend given uh, where they're at at the moment. I guess in a way there's, a, there's an annual review process like anything where you can start looking at how the investments are going here, what your fund's doing, much in the same way as a financial advice arrangement really. People's lives change all the time and so you need to reflect that in the way that you invest. And they're things that we can offer as part of the service, absolutely. And I'm sure committee members, well, I hope that committee members are approaching these decisions with some caution, a lot of research and making sure that they are backed up with some good guidance because there are certainly responsibilities enshrined in our legislation, at least, for committee members to be acting in good faith with due diligence and always in the best interests of their owners' corporations. So I'm sure those committee members who are making these decisions about funds are keeping that front of mind. Uh, and <laughs> I always say, if you're not sure about getting legal advice or engineering advice, or perhaps now we can slot in their financial advice, it's a good idea anyway, just so you've got someone to blame <laughs> if <Yeah>. things <laughs> go wrong. <laughs> I know my colleagues probably don't like me 
saying that. But at the end of the day, you've got a professional there guiding you that gives you some protection as well. 100%, you know, and like anything, well, you know, when things are very important to you, um, whether it be your health, your wealth, you know, you've got an expensive car, whoever it is, you know, taking it to a professional is just a, a really good way of sleeping well at night and obviously doing your role um, as, you know, looking after your lot owners and, and people that are involved in, in your building. So it's never a bad thing to have too much information, is it? That's the way it goes. So. Absolutely. Well, do let our listeners know, Tim, where they can go to find out more about Strata Guardian and perhaps where they can do that self-assessment you were referring to. And we'll make sure we put all the relevant links in the show notes for this episode. So yeah, of course, uh, strataguardian.com is our website. Plenty of articles, as I mentioned, there's some uh, blog posts, lots of frequently asked questions as well, a couple of videos in there. There's a whole host of uh, documentation that you can have a read through, so performance reports. We've got a what's called a target market determination, which is something that's uh, just come out in the financial world. It's a bit more legislation that's been, that we've had to uh, adhere to as well, that's fine. And, and I'm really, it's, it's probably just then a case of getting in touch. Um, so I've got a number of different ways that you can book a phone call um, with myself and the team. Um, we can set up, you know, as I mentioned, the Zoom meetings um, or presenting at your, your committee and, and sending through hard copies and things like that is something that we, we can offer as well. And then finally, as you mentioned, yeah, look, there's a, a portal where you can jump in, make a no obligation start on an application just to get a bit of a feel for it all. If it, if it doesn't make sense to you, um, reach out and we can always help you walk you through it. Um, if it's completely not what you're looking for, just log out and you'll never hear from us again. So that's no problems at all. But the key thing is it's just a simple way where you can grab a cup of tea on a Saturday afternoon have a bit of a look at what you know the portfolios look like, for example, the system will give it to you in about eight clicks. Fees, of course, you can run through what the costs are as well. Um, and then we've also built in, so keeping in mind, we're not dealing with one person making a decision, but we've built in a system where if it all looks pretty good, we, you can then add in other directors or members of your committee's emails at the end, and we'll actually send through the documentation to them to have a read through of it as well. So we're just trying to find ways of expediting, I guess, the whole idea that it's got to be thought about across a number of different people and make it easy for people to um, get the information that they want, feel comfortable with it and proceed if, they, uh, if it all looks good. Excellent. Sounds fascinating. I'm sure you'll have a number of listeners to the show checking out the website and seeing if this is a service that suits them. Thank you very much, Tim, for joining us here today. I look forward to watching what Strata Guardian is up to in the future and hope to meet you in person someday soon. I know. Isn't it exciting? You know, the big unlock's happening. So um, we'll be getting out on the on the trail and yeah, can't wait to uh, get out to uh, you know, a number of different conferences and conventions over the next year meet in person and uh, also great to, to meet some of your audience as well feel free to be in touch thanks for having me on thanks tim thank you for listening to your strata property the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property you can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today?